This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the very niche and kind of geeky details of modern warfare with me, Jake Hanrahan. For this episode, we'll be speaking to Pascal Anderson. He's been tracking the movements of the SSNP, the Syrian Social Nationalist Party. They're a political party with a militant wing also uh, founded in Lebanon and now currently fighting in Syria, fighting for Bashar al-Assad, fighting for the regime. And their logo is basically a massive swastika. Their founder has links to Nazism and Pascal has been tracking them for the last few years via open source research. So he's going to tell us all about the so-called Nazis in Syria. So Pascal, first, can you explain uh, what is the SSMP? Um, yeah, well, the SSNP is um, quite a, a double feature, so to say. On the one hand, it is um, mainly a political party, and it's a political party which is um, which has its roots in, in Lebanon. It was founded by um, a, a Greek Orthodox guy called Antun Sada, and um, it was established in uh, the mid-1930s, so it's quite an old party. And um, over the time, it uh, like emerged into into Syria as well, and it has like a, a deep history and um, wanted to well, not say overthrow the, the 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 current state at the time, but um, he had like oh, they had an utopia in mind of greater Syria, which is pretty much yeah all of the Levant, which should be in in a greater Syrian state, and um, it came that. During the, the conflict, the Syrian conflict, the SSNP was um, from the very beginning on on the side of the of the government and started as um, as an organization featuring the NDF, the National Defense Forces. And during the conflict, they started to, to emerge as an own militia, as an own organization featuring their own fighters and uh, having their very own yeah, units to, to fight on the government side. And, uh, well, like, in short, this is the, the basic story around the SSMP. Sure. And um, just to clarify, the NDF, that's the uh, pro-Assad uh, militia, right? Yes, it is. It is like the, um, the militia that came into the conflict when the, SS, uh, when the SSAA, so the, the Syrian regular army, um, became way too overstretched and underfunded to get the conflict done on their own. Cool. So I want to talk about um, their fight in Syria and how they came to, um, you know, fight for the regime. But first of all, I want to talk about their ideology. Now, basically, their symbol, no matter which way you paint it, is a swastika. Who are these guys? Are they neo-Nazis? What are they up to? Um, well, it depends on who you ask. Um, the thing is that the SSNP, um, as well as Saada... Um, from the very beginning on had their problems of being called national socialists so they didn't want to to get into a line with with Hitler so if you would ask some SSNP followers from today if they are like uh, admirers of Hitler or of national socialism they would deny it so would most Nazis yeah um, the thing is that many things they have like their logo you you mentioned the they, they call it a um, uh, a hurricane. So this is what they say it is um, a logo of. Um, but the thing is, it does look very much like a swastika, and it's a hurricane shaped exactly like a swastika with the yeah. same color scheme 
Same as the colors, Nazis. exactly. Mm, okay. And so they have, uh, or Saada took very much effort in, let's say, copying what the the um, NSDAP used to, um, yeah, go into public. So they they had like. Uh, what in German is called the, the German salute, like the, the Hitler salute. Um, they copied it, but at least they they tried to get it down in the, in the oh, like nowadays. So you, you don't see pictures of them getting the, the Hitler salute or German salute, whatever. The, the aesthetic is definitely far right, at least in a Westerner's eyes. Yeah, it is. I mean, the, it is the, the core, the deep core of the SSNP is um, a secularist um, yeah, view on, on, on the world or on statehood. So um, that is the one basic thing. And the other basic thing is the rejection of pan-Arabism. So um, pan-Arabism, like the, the Ba'ath ideology, basically, um, is also a lot older than the Ba'ath party itself. And um, the ideology the SSNP established was or has its roots even in the 19th century, and they have the, the thinking of building a state. Where do they get that look from? You know, who decided, yeah, we're going to have a storm slash swastika on the flag? When did that all come into play? That's, that's basically uh, Sa'ada. So he was the mastermind behind, behind all this, and um, he was the one to um, build up everything like around the... Um, ideological background and around the logo how the party is presented in the in the uh, in the public so although he um, founded the party with other guys around him he was the one to finally lead it and to be the um, yeah eternal leader of the party so he has the um, cult of personality you know from from other Arab leaders um, established established in his party and he is basically the one who made up all this. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, their first kind of battles? Because I know they fought uh, in Lebanon, you know, in the 80s and 70s and what have you. Yes, um, during the, the Lebanon wars, the like, they, they came up with, with a fighting squad pretty early. So they tried to, first of all, overthrow the, the Lebanese government in 1949. So this was the initial effect of being a revolutionary party so to say and Saada uh, declared revolution then went to Syria because the then president said he would um, support him and yeah act in his favor however they was um, or he was tricked so to say transported back to Lebanon trial and shot dead so um, that was the first thing they or the first time they wanted to, to overthrow a government um, with the help of uh, violence. But um, as you mentioned, the, the Lebanese Civil War in the 70s and uh, 80s, they were uh, on the side of the pro-Syrian forces, so to say, and were um, wholeheartedly um, yeah, the enemy, for example, of the Falangist forces. Yeah. So they yeah they allied with lefties uh, Lebanese national movement um, against the the Falangists. So so how did they go from you know fighting in the Lebanese war uh, in the seventies and the eighties to suddenly turning up side by side with Hezbollah 
uh, fighting for the regime in Syria? <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is that um, they tried to, I guess, find the, the most or the, the, the uh, best ally they could find or the most powerful ally they could find, which was basically an alliance of, of Hezbollah and Syrian government. And on the other side, um, you have to see that the, the uh, core ideology, as I said, these greater Syria or the, the establishment of greater Syria um, would be or the first step to, to get into greater Syria is to unite Lebanon and Syria. So it's um, basically a logical step for the SSNP to ally with everybody or anybody who is able and willing to unite those both yeah, that both countries that are the core of the SSNP or the core area of the SSNP and then after that go after other territories because Greater Syria in fact is um, a territory consisting of, of Syria, Jordan, Israel, Palestinian territories, Cyprus, Sinai, parts of Turkey, Iraq, Kuwait. It's, it's basically, as I said, the, the yeah, Mideast like we know it and it's 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 pretty much um it's if you if you see the border or if you see greater syria on a map it's pretty much consistent with the neo syrian empire so they go back until before christ and yeah found an empire they would cheer for to get it established so to say and um until now the the um assyrian symbols or the neo assyrian symbols so to say uh, can be found pretty often in their propaganda so um, this is something they have in common, for example, with um, Syria groups uh, coming from, from northern Syria, like the Natore or the Khabur Guards. Okay, so like so-called Christian militias, essentially Assyrian, Syriacs, Chaldeans. Exactly. So they're not all Christians, though, in the SSMP, right? It's quite a mix. It is, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to get it into one sentence or even one word because... Um, as you mentioned, it is not solely a, a Christian militia. Um, it has its its roots in the in the Greek Orthodox Christianity, um, but they also have followers from from the Syria Christianity and from from all the, the confessions inside the dozens of confession you, you find in, in in Syria. But on the other hand, they have. Um, Shia followers, they have uh, Druze followers, whereas the, the um, Druze society is pretty much split. But there are certain families from the, from the Druze people who are in favor of the SSNP, so it's hard to say they are a Christian militia, but if you want to, well, let's say summarize it under a certain word or a certain call, I'd prefer to at least say it's a Christian-based militia, because they have many many followers from from the Christian uh, minority and um, very much rely on the Christians. And they're they're vehemently against Israel, right? Exactly. They have um, well, they call it, of course, anti-Zionism. Um, it's basically anti-Semitism. So the one thing why they are against Israel is because it's against their greater Syrian aspect. Um, because Israel is, yeah, for them just a part or should be a part of, of uh, Greater Syria. And um, basically the Jews shouldn't be in the, in the Mideastern Mid world um, in their view. So um, 
that's the one thing. And the other thing is just to highlight how they they are um, towards or how they think towards the Jews is that they call basically every enemy to the, the greatest Syrian thing they have. Um, every enemy is the internal Jew. So this is their... Um, yeah, their word to describe everybody who's their enemy, their foe. Basically, you have it on, on posters, on martyr posters, um, where it says, like, uh, he was killed in the fight against the internal Jews. Jesus Christ. So, they say they're not Nazis, but have a swastika for their symbol and basically feel exactly the same towards Jews as Hitler did. Um, yes, <laughs> it's 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 basically if 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 they say that they are um, a leftist party and they they don't have anything in common with the the NSDP, it's it's absurd. One of the old remaining uh, SS commanders or something like that uh, died recently in Damascus, and he'd just been like living there his whole life. You know, he was welcomed. Yeah, the part of the history, Syria and and. Um, yeah, the SSMP can't deny. I mean, I don't know whether there were um, ties between the SSMP and uh, Alois Brunner, who was the, the SS guy you mentioned. Um, I don't know whether these two, like, guy and the organization had ties, but uh, Alois Brunner was one of the major uh, guys to yeah, be in Syria, even during the, the wars against Israel. So he was um, yeah, somebody to, to act in favor of, of the Syrians and advise their army. How did he, this SS guy, do you know, how did he end up in Damascus? It's, um, yeah, just after the war, when, when everything broke down in Germany, it's basically that after the war, he tried to, uh, to get along with a fake name and a fake ID in Germany, and it worked quite well until um, 1945, uh, 54, sorry. Um, but when it, then he was... Uh, yeah, and it was it was made public that he is not the guy he he was said he was, and um, with the help of, of old colleagues, so to say, um, and and uh, old members of the VSS, he fled to to Syria exactly and worked there for a German brewery and um, he he was quite a a. Um, prominent figure, so to say, and especially Israel knew where, knew where he was because there were um, two uh, package bombs or what do you say, like bombs you get via the post? Letter bomb. Letter bombs, yeah. And he received two of them and um, yeah, got injured pretty badly by them. Sure. And anyway, back back to the SSNP. So, so when did the SSNP enter the uh, Syrian war? Well, officially, um, it's hard to say because... Um, if you go, for example, on Twitter or on Facebook to, to look after photos or after any evidence to, to prove that, it's that the, the first pictures that um, emerge of, of people waving SSNP flags in the field, um, they come from November 2013 and January 2014. So this is like the first time the, or any soldier, any any people holding guns um, can be seen um, with SSMP logos or SSMP flags. However, it's hard to tell whether they are in fact fighting for a solely SSMP unit or if they are, for example, just a part of the SAA or the, SA, sorry, the NDF. 
So this is quite hard to tell. So they could just be supporters in Syria waving flags as opposed exactly. to fighters that came in. Exactly. Um, the fact is that they are um, mentioned as, as a fighting force during the, the Homs battle in, in early 2014. So just some months later, um, they have pretty much um, taken off their... Yeah, blankets covering them, so to say. Um, so in, in spring 2014, late spring 2014, they become an official fighting force who is mentioned separately from, from other um, government fighting units. And how many of them, I mean, I know it's hard to tell with these kind of militia irregular forces, but how many roughly uh, do you know are fighting out there for the uh, SSMP? Well, there are figures from 2015-16. Um, they are saying that basically 6,000 to 8,000 men are fighting um, under the SSMP flag. However, it's hard to tell how many of these 6,000 to 8,000 are really men bearing arms. Um, personally, and it seems like the ones um, making up that, um, that numbers, um, we don't know how many of them are... Yeah, like really out in the field, if there are, for example, those guys training, new militiamen are included. If there's, for example, maybe uh, also included who is in the in the uh, media units, like in the propaganda units, so to say, or uh, in the administration. So the number 6,000 to 8,000 can be read um, uh, several times on the web, but it's it's hard to, as you said, it's hard to tell exactly. Yeah, with these groups, I mean, they can say 6,000 and it might be 600 of them. Um, it's tricky. And what's, um, what is their, I, I follow one of their uh, kind of propaganda feeds on Telegram. It's, uh -huh. what, what is their militia called? The Eagles of the Storm or something like that? Yeah, that's the, um, the name of the fighting force. So um, the, the party is, is called the SSMP and mostly the militia is called the SSMP as well, but um, if you go formally, so to say, the uh, the unit fighting in the field is called the um, Nusur Asafwa, which is the Eagles of a Hurricane. This is the yeah, official name of, of those going out and, and fighting. And are they armed by the regime or do they come in with their own weapons? Um, they are armed by the regime, yeah. Um, and they are basically um, a light armed unit, so... As far as I know, they don't operate tanks. Um, they are pretty active uh, with uh, technicals, so basically pickup trucks with uh, machine guns uh, in the back. This is their yeah, core vehicle or their, their core fighting um, unit they use, and of course uh, infantry, but they are not as heavily uh, armed as, for example, the Hezbollah is or... Um, the Iraqi units fighting on behalf of the Syrian uh, government are. And how effective were the SSMP uh, on the battlefield? Um, also hard to tell, but the thing is that um, if you have a look at where they were um, used on the field or where they were deployed to, um, you see they are um, on several front lines, so you get the impression of they do know what they are uh, yeah like they do know what they are doing there uh, do have their um, yeah advantages on the field so to say so um, they they firstly emerged in, in Homs then they went to Latakia pretty um, pretty soon afterwards um, fighting there um, 
and for like uh, during the Battle of Kassab, for example, um, but they were also deployed to Rif Damascus, um, like the, the greater um, area around Damascus, uh, in Hama, in Asuweda, in uh, but on on a less um, you know, on a on a less greater scale. So they spread out quite a lot. Exactly, um, and the thing is that they if you um, go after certain cities and towns they were deployed to, you get the feeling, and this is why I would um, say they are deeply Christian-rooted, because if you tell the regions where they were deployed, you see that almost all the regions, not all of them, but almost all of them, um, are of a Christian majority people or have a very dominant or a very important Christian minority. So you have uh, towns, for example, Sadat, Malula, um, Satnaya, Kassab, um, Al-Qairatayn. These are all cities with a very, very um, deep Christian history. They, they were not thrown on the battle map, um, yeah, like a coincidence, for example. Right, I get you. So they, were they, de- so they will be deployed via who? Um, as far as I know, this is, that's pretty much in the dark. So... Um, you can read that um, they are up to now also in the, um, or they get their um, orders from, from NDF-based commanders. Um, but especially during the battle uh, in Latakia, um, it was um, told that they were very much aligned with um, militias and fighting units uh, allied to the... Um, so the, the uh, secret services. Um, the thing that the war um, made it possible for the SSNP to get very much inside of the Syrian power. Um, for the example, they, they were banned in Syria as a party um, for decades. So um, they firstly became legal again in 2005 um, under the... the uh, Younger Assad, Bashar al-Assad. And after that, they um, became active again as a party. And in 2011, they joined the Popular Front for Change and Liberation, which is like the official um, opposition bloc in Syria. And until 2014, they, they stayed in that bloc. But after that, in 2014, they changed to the National Progressive Front. They changed into the bloc. The Ba'ath Party is also the leading party. And so they are now pretty much in the, in the core of, of, of Syrian power. Officially, they were an opposition party. But of course, an opposition party in Syria is nonetheless a party which is dependent on the Ba'ath Party. What effect does the SSMP fighting in Syria for the regime what effect does that have on their popularity in Lebanon? That is hard to say. To be honest, I pretty much focus on, on the Syrian um, aspect because um, the thing is, um, I, I can say that for, for Syria, they have gained massive popularity. It's, it's hard to, to tell in numbers, as I said. Um, but the fact is that Jesse McDonald had, um, like, he, he looked at the numbers of, of falling members or fallen members of the SSMP. And in 2016, they had 16 fighters KIA. Of 10 of these fighters, he has dates from uh, when they entered the party. And of those 10, 
only two of them were members before 2011, so before the war broke out. So you can say that eight of these men joined after the war, and most of them joined just shortly before they were killed in the field. So um, you see that the, the SSMP as a fighting force or as a militia gained massive support during the war and after they yeah, became public and became an own unit. Sure, it's evidence that new recruits are, you know, at least joining up on some level. Well, the, the conclusion, which is most logical, is that the SSNP is one of the few units, if not the, the only unit, um, which is able to make you fight on behalf of the regime or the, the government without being in a Baathist unit, so to say. So you are fighting on behalf of the government, on behalf of Assad. But on the other hand, you can also say, well... I am fighting on behalf of Sa'ala and of, of the uh, greater Syrian. Yeah, it's bullshit. I mean, I, I understand like they will trick themselves into that. But how can you go to fight for Assad claiming to be anti-Bath? It sounds to me like they've seen an opportunity in the war, like as you said, and they've really, really gone for it. As does whenever there's a war, you know, if someone's lagging, as soon as they enter the war, they start to get popularity again, you know. It, it is absurd, yeah, kind of. Uh... The SSMP mostly sending fighters from Lebanon into Syria, or are we seeing them kind of recruiting in Syria from people who already live there? Yes, this is this is the main part. The main fighting force is um, Syrian guys. So, for example, if you browse through Facebook, um, I do know three SSMP guys who are um, from Lebanon. Not not personally, of course, but um, on their profiles they say. They are from, from Lebanon, mostly from the border region, so from, from cities like Baalbek, who are um, right near the, the border to Syria. Um, but most of the guys fighting for, for the SSNP are from, uh, from Syria, and in Syria they are mostly from Homs, from Latakia, some from Tartus, some from Damascus, but Homs and Latakia is pretty much the uh, areas they are gaining, yeah huge popularity in and uh, yeah, gaining their, their fighters from, so to say. And uh, what's their cooperation like with the SSA, you know, with, with the uh, Syrian Arab army? What is, do they fight alongside them? Do they, you know, spearhead operations? Um, it depends on the battlefield as far as I can see. So, for example, if you have the battles um, in Suveda, so in the very south um, near the, the areas the Druze live in, um, they seem to act very much on on own hands and um, seem to be uh, yeah acting very um, very much on their own. But for example, um, they were also included during the failed Tapka offensive when the uh, SAA tried to reach the Tapka airbase in Raqqa um, and was uh, eventually uh, fought back by the Islamic State and. Um, this wasn't a, uh, wasn't an operation like done by the SSMP. So they had men during the operation on the front line, but um, yeah, as far as I can see, they were um, not the ones giving commands. And uh, it's the same during the uh, recent battles um, in Eastern Homs governorates. So when they tried to reach Deir ez um, this is also uh, kind of a battle the SSMP. Well, fought alongside the SAA and not um, as the initial command. 
On the other hand side, Latakia seems to be a uh, front line where they acted um, not on their own, but um, more on their own. So, something I found uh, the other day, I was looking at their uh, one of their Telegram channels and they're kind of pumping out all this propaganda. Um, and it was around the time that Trump just declared Jerusalem the capital of Israel and, you know, all that fiasco. Um, and they were writing these things in Arabic and, it, you know, it's like hashtag you know, Jerusalem is Palestine, stuff like this. And I thought that's kind of bizarre considering, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they would actually want to take over Palestine and Israel as well if they got their greater Syria, right? Yes. In fact, that's a contradiction in terms, exactly. Because um, if you go back to uh, greater Syria ideology, um, it's, it's, I wouldn't, let's say nonsense to, to fight on behalf of a, um, separate Palestinian state because in the end it should be um, another part of greater Syria and not if yeah you know yet another state they would have to uh, include into greater Syria however um, the fact of the matter is that during um, the period of time they existed they have pretty much um, well getting along with the fact that greater Syria is an utopia and is going to stay in utopia so um, of course, they have like all the maps with with the borders of Greater Syria and the offices, and they have the logos and stuff like that. But personally, I wouldn't say that there is a single person who's really thinking that Greater Syria will be established just in a couple of years or maybe in a hundred years. So, how do they reconcile that? You know, young men are fighting for them and dying. How do they justify that um, if nobody really believes? that greater Assyria is going to come out of this war? Well, they're pretty much fighting on behalf of stability. So um, they are very much um, aligned or in favor of being a unit um, and a party which is fighting for the unity of the Syrian people. The thing is that the Syrian people, if you go to the Syrian people in greater Syria, or pretty much every Arab people in, in this area, so to say, um, but this is the core that they say they fight for unity of Syria and they fight the, the internal Jews so the ones coming from outside as they say and um, yeah, are the ones to blame for uh, this uprising and the war that um, emerged from, from the uprising <laughs> fucking hell um, what do you think the future is for the, uh, for the SSNP? Well, that's hard to tell. Um, I guess it's depending on um, how strong Assad is coming out of the conflict. So I would say if he would be or if he will be able to um, get as strong or becoming as strong as he was at the beginning when he overtook Syria or took it over from, from his father or even in a position mightier than his father, or as mighty as his father, which is openly said very much um, yeah, unlikely. Um, he would be in a position to fight back the SSNP as um, a party of, of interest for the regime. So he, he, he would simply don't need them to, to get along. But the fact is that I would say it's the thing that Syria will become dependent on, on um, if you're coming from the fact that um, Syria after the war or Assad after the war 
will be a weaker president than he used to be before the war started, then he will need the SSNP to um, yeah, get all the men who are not in favor of the Ba'ath ideology, um, but in favor of a Syria under his lead to um, yeah, fight on behalf of him. So that would lead to um, the ones fighting in the SSNP maybe um, to be included in a future Syrian army after the war and to be included into the administration. For example, the SSNP as a uh, party um, has two ministers in, in current Syrian or cabinet. Yeah, cabinet. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. So um, they, they have a, a minister of state affairs and they have the minister for um, reconcil reconciliation affairs. So they are pretty much... Um, yeah, close to, to Assad by now. Okay, they're closer than I thought. I didn't know that. I wanted to ask, have you read that? There's a hilarious article online about Christopher Hitchens going to Lebanon. Uh, have you read about this? Um, I came upon the the, um, the article, but I, I didn't read it in detail. So, I, I... so basically he's like, you know, Hitchens was obviously completely anti-fascism uh, and anti-Nazism. So he's walking on the street in a, an SSNP neighborhood. I think this is in like the 80s or 90s. And he just sees, you know, their swastika symbol. And he just gets a pen out and scribbles on it. And he's with these two other guys. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And then within something like five minutes, just these SSNP guys get out of a car and just beat the shit out of him. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, when you read this passage, this guy who was with him was writing about it. He says just the whole time. Hitchens was just like, nah, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm not having it. He was like, I'm not seeing swastikas. I thought that was pretty funny. But he came out safely from... He came out safely out of Syria, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he just about made it. But I think they had to, like, change hotels and everything. But um, I, I first got interested in the SSMP. I'll tell you why. It's quite a weird story. I was... Um, in 2015, I was, uh, I was making a film. I was embedded with uh, the PKK youth wing in Turkey for the third time and I was making this film about is when the you know the war had really kicked off there um, and I got arrested and I was sent to prison by you know in Turkey for about 11 days it was a bit of a nightmare but you know whatever anyway as we're released from prison they sent us to this well I say released they sent us to another prison which was like a deportation prison um, and we were in there with you know there was loads of ISIS guys in there there was loads of refugees in there basically anyone that they didn't really know what to do with that they were going to either let go or deport they put them in there so we're all in main flow with like Chechen ISIS fighters that have been caught coming over the border, like fucking fresh bullet wounds in their arms and all this shit. And then um, there's one kid's there and he was like, he looked like a fucking movie star. And um, he spoke perfect English and he was like, he turned up one day and he's like, hi guys, you know, I speak English. We're like, okay, cool. He was about 16 or no, a little bit old. I think he was 18. And he had these aspirations of becoming an Olympic swimmer. He's like, I, I've got caught on the border coming back from, uh, coming from Syria I'm trying desperately to get to Sweden or somewhere like this to become an Olympic swimmer. Cool. Anyway, one day he pulls up his sleeve and he had this huge swastika tattoo on his wrist. And I was just like, what? I grabbed his wrist. I said, what the fuck? I, you know, how come you've just come from Syria? Why do you have a swastika tattoo? And he said, I know, I know it's bad. I didn't know. He said, you know, I, I forget where he was from. I'm really annoyed that I forgot. But basically the story is in his town, a militia turned up. Um, and we're telling him, you know, how great Hitler is, and he didn't know really who Hitler was, you know, some, some Syrian kid in some backwater that just likes to kind of swim, um, and I guess he was considering, is he going to fight, is he not going to fight, and this militia turned up telling, telling him about Hitler, and he was like, oh, Hitler sounded like this great guy, so they 
tattooed this swastika on my wrist. And he says only only after he kind of decided he didn't want to be a fighter and started trying to get out of the country did he realize, you know, how disgusting Hitler was. And I, I just remember thinking, God, that is bizarre. And I, I to this day, he, he said he couldn't remember the name of the group. But to this day, I wonder, like, surely that must have been some SSMP fighters that got this kid with a swastika. And it wasn't the SSMP logo. It was a full-on old-school Nazi swastika, you know. But you, you don't know the, the exact region where he, where he came from. And you know, I want to say Homs, but I'm not sure. Well, that would, it would fit. It would fit, right? Yeah, but I don't know if that's just my mind telling me it would or not. I remember he was from, like, a small village outside of a big area. And I think it was Homs. And I said to him, I, before we went to left prison, I said, as soon as you get to Europe get that tattoo removed <laughs> and he was just like yeah well thanks man so i i hope he's out there somewhere but it's been a it's been really interesting man is there anything you wanted to add yes thanks for having me thank you very much that was pascal anderson talking about the ssmp one of the strangest uh, militias in syria claim to be anti-baathists yet are fighting for assads uh, claim not to be nazis but look exactly like them uh, all very weird, but quite interesting. Uh, to find out more from Pascal, go to his Twitter. That is shell underscore blog. Also look him up on Bellingcat. He's written a few articles there. For more on Popular Front, I just use my Twitter. So that is uh, at Jake underscore Hanrahan, H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. Uh, we're also shilling on Patreon. So if you want the podcast to start sounding less ramshackle, please give us all your money. Uh, that is patreon.com slash popular front music in this episode the intro was by home and the outro was by an artist called kill miami so that's that 